It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And we welcome you into another season of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Hello, Jets fans. Dan Grossa, pleased to be joined, as always, by my pal Bart Scott for another season of Inside the Jets. Bart, my buddy, my pal, I missed you. How are you? I miss you too, my friend. The season is on its way. We got football. There's nothing to complain about. And we got an extra game to play around with this year, which should be a lot of fun here. 17 instead of 16. And it goes fast because already one is in the books. And that's what we're here to talk about, of course. Jets open the season, a 19-14 setback in Carolina against the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Really a tale of two halves, right? I mean, they dug themselves a hole the first two quarters, but made some nice adjustments at halftime, came back in quarters three and four, got it to one possession, but just ran out of time. Yeah, to your point, you know, you talk about the continuity and the consistency. This is the first time underneath a new system and live bullets where a team that you game plan for and a team that's been game planning for you the entire offseason. And I thought early on they were a little tight, a little rusty. Communication was lacking a little bit. And it took them a while to get a handle of what the Carolina Panthers was trying to do to them. Once they did that, I think the defense played well, you know, outside of a couple of bad injuries on both sides of the ball which limited, you know, backups to getting out there, which means that you have a copy of a copy and you have a blown coverage, a miscommunication because maybe that person didn't get the reps throughout the, the week. And, you know, I thought outside of that, they battled and they competed and that's all you can ask for. Now we want to see them take the next step and add the execution as I was disappointed slightly in the running game. Because, you know, being a player that has has gone against these type of, um, you know, running schemes and, you know, from Mike Shanahan to Kyle Shanahan to Gary Kubiak, I expect a lot more from this system and the Jets if they're going to be successful, especially with a rookie quarterback, are going to have to definitely get ahead of the sticks. And you do that the easiest way by running the football. This offense thrives on the running game. As you said there, that Shanahan West Coast zone blocking scheme there with the run game, you know, that really sets up a lot of what they do offensively. And, you know, it was tough sledding for them for much of the afternoon. They broke off some nice runs late in the game, but maybe not enough all through four quarters there. And you mentioned the injury report. We'll get to that in just a little bit here because, unfortunately, it is a pretty lengthy list of the walking wounded for the New York Jets here. But the question I have for you is, and I'm thinking, okay, it's the first game of the season, first game where everybody's playing six minutes we have one less preseason game now and even the games that we do have the regulars really don't play that much anymore so I'm curious from your standpoint as a guy who did this when you hit the ground running for real for that first game is there some rust that you have to work off from not seeing that much action in the month of August it's always some rust right because timing right footwork it's like the little things the subtle things like taking a step the wrong way make sure you're not taking a false step that's why you have to be extremely disciplined and understanding that this is a young team that really don't have those ingrained habits that understand, okay, this is a short week or, hey, this is a fast week. You know, this is a team that I, I don't have a big history with. I don't go against the Carolina Panthers. It isn't a divisional opponent. You know, so I have to do extra homework and I have to be extra disciplined because I don't know, like, the subtle nuance. I don't know, like, what certain players do on their team that's not their stars, right? Because we always pay attention and break down the stars, but just like those supplementary pieces, those guys that are complementary pieces that may sneak up on you just because you don't know. You know, now like when you, when you think about you know what happened in one of the touchdowns that were given up, you know, to the backup, you know, you know, backup uh, safety that came in and replaced, 
you know, I think red wine, right? It was because it is almost as he didn't realize or understand just how fast Robbie Anderson was. And he didn't get out of his break early enough understanding. So it's little things like that, understanding your depth perception, understanding, hey, once this guy closes this cushion to probably three or four yards, I probably need to open up and start getting ready to run because it's a deep route after 12 yards. Most routes are defined about if they're going deep or if they're coming back or if it's a double move. Yeah, some miscommunication there on that play, possibly with Marcus May, of course, the veteran safety, trying to break in a new partner because LaMarcus Joyner, who started the game at safety next to Marcus May, he was one of the walking wounded that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit here with the injuries. But all eyes were going to be centered on the quarterback here in Zach Wilson, making his regular season debut. Jet fans were pumped up to see how he was going to fare. And you know what? He was under duress for much of the afternoon. He got sacked six times. He was hit, you know, in the double digits, more so probably than I think any other quarterback in the NFL week one but yet he kept coming back for more Bart and when you saw the overall body of work and he had the two touchdown passes in the second half I'll tell you there was a lot there certainly that if you're a Jet fan you got excited by what the future holds by just how he performed in adverse situations no absolutely right like this kid showed that he had the toughness now I don't want him to have to put his toughness on display every week they have to do a better job and making sure that they protect him and keep him upright because he's not a big guy Right. So that's why I said the importance to running the ball is really high. You know, priority number one, because it sets up the play action, sets up the boots and waggles. You know, he threw one interception basically because Shaq Thompson didn't bite on any of the fakes because they hadn't established a run. So it's hard to do play action when you ain't had no action in the running game. So, you know, I think they're going to have to go back to the to the drawing board, figure out what they're doing against certain fronts, because, you know, this week's opponent coming in is going to break down that film and try and make Zach Wilson struggle with the things that he struggled with and not give him opportunities to do what he does best, which is run and throw off off schedule, off platform. And these receivers have to do a better job making sure that they catch the ball and make plays for their young quarterback. I thought Elijah Moore had some balls that he would like back. Corey Davis, of course, has a ball he would like back. And listen, I want to see more Mims. Mims getting one attempt for 40 yards is not enough. I understand he doesn't really fit the traditional way or the traditional receiver in this in this system, he's not a guy that's going to make you miss in a phone booth. He's a long strider. He's a guy that builds up speed. He's a guy that's not going to give you that short area quickness. But I tell you what, man, this guy's a baller, and they have to find a way to get Zach, Zach Wilson, a target that has a huge catch radius, a guy that can also stretch the defense so that he can work these intermediate routes. Because I think that the, the New England Patriots, when they come in, they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to bait him into trying to beat him with his arm. They're going to try and put him under duress by trying to attack the interior of this offensive line, which struggled, and try and get him off his spot and get him happy feet. Denzel Mims just three reps, three snaps in that opener on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. But like you said, made that big catch in the fourth quarter, a 40-yarder. So you know that the tools are there. We saw the talent last season, and you hope that he continues to maybe get a little bit more acclimated to the system and maybe finds himself on the field for more reps here. But the Jets wide receivers, they do have some depth there. Coach Sala said earlier on Monday that Jamison Crowder, there's a good chance that he makes a season debut in week two against the Patriots there for the home opener. Keelan Coastal day-to-day. So you do have some options to work with, which is a good sign, which is something that we haven't really been able to say about this unit in years past, Bart, talking about jet wide receivers. There is a lot to work with this year for if you're a Zach Wilson. I mean, you're talking about the depth, right? You have depth. You have a lot of depth at the position. You have a lot of options at the running back position. You know, we got to get Michael Carter in space. You know, you got Tevin Coleman. 
right? You got Ty Johnson. You know, you got to be able to, to, to use those guys, especially early in the season as guys are trying to get in their conditioning and get into shape to be able to bounce back early on. It's more important, I believe, to utilize your entire roster as everybody get acclimated, as guys get used to handling high reps. You know, it usually takes to at least week three for you to feel like you're in the tip-top shape to be able to run all day without getting tired. You know, this early in the season, right, it's all hands on deck, right? We need everybody, right? Because what happens is, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? And at some point, you know, you don't need to be a hero out there trying to be afraid that, hey, I'm going to go out here and I may make a mistake or I might go out here and, and, and come to the sideline and my backup may have a great play. Listen, you can't be selfish right now. If, you, if you're not tired, if you're tired, you can't give it 100%. You need to tap out, come out, get rested, get back in so that you can continue to be able to wear your opponents down because they feel the heat as well. You know, so, you know, the team that gets in quicker shape, you know, early on, you can win a couple of games because of high effort plays that, you know, turns into turnovers or turn into big plays just simply because you you have you've been rested and you trusted your teammates. You're listening to Inside the Jets brought to you by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. All right, Bart, it's time for the rundown the injury list. I've been teasing it. We might as well let the fans know. In case yeah, episode of MASH, man. Here. Exactly. It is a MASH unit here. Mackay Becht in the left tackle. You saw him go down in a heap, get carted off the field. He's going to be out minimum four to six weeks with That's that good knee news, injury. though. That's good news after what you it's thought initially when he put his hands in his hand, his head in his hands and put the towel over his face. You feared the worst, which would be an ACL you know, and maybe, maybe he comes back and, you know, it's a new lease on life and he feels, uh, you know, feels good. The fact that his season still can continue, you know, I, I wish him a speedy recovery, but yeah, that's, that's a big one. If he needs surgery, it'll be a little bit longer than that, but minimum you're looking at four to six weeks there. And again, we talked about depth. It's good to have the veteran presence at the tackle position because you saw George Fant slide over to the left side. Morgan Moses stepped in and man, the right tackle position. You could do a lot worse part than having those two guys be your bookend tackles until Makai Becton comes back. So I think at the very least, the Jets are in good hands, at least the tackle position, given the experience that those two guys have had in the NFL. No, absolutely. I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head. The fact that you have depth that, you know, the, the, the gap between your first, you know, your first tackle and your second tackle isn't as big as the gap has been traditionally around here, you know, for the Jets. So, you know, you know, you know, fans know Becton, he has his strengths and weaknesses, you know, Becton has his as well, but you can go in confident knowing that you have somebody that's a veteran that knows that he understands the job, right? By all means, protect, you know, Zach Wilson, and it allows Morgan Moses to go into his natural position. That's great because it talks about the flexibility uh, of Fant being able to play the right side and the left side. And you hope that the depth that, you know, that they built in the offseason at the wide receiver position will also help the team as you hope to get Keelan Cole back, you hope to get Jameson Crowder back. That gives you guys that can win in a phone booth, guys that can be a quarterback's best friend, uh, 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 guys, you know, guys that are inside – that aren't outside that you can throw hot routes to that you can go bubble screens to that. It doesn't have to be complicated to get the ball in their hands and let them go to work. Now on the defensive side of the ball, we mentioned the safety position, LaMarcus Joyner, who was in his first year as a member of the New York Jets. Yeah. Unfortunately, his season didn't even make it through the first half. He suffered a torn tricep injury. He's out for the season. So Marcus May is going to have to get used to a new partner next to him. Ashton Davis, who was the rookie last year, of course, Bart, he can't come back still for a few more weeks. He's on that short-term IR. Other guys are going to have to step up and add to that secondary. 
I mean, that's what that's what really hurts you, right? Because it's about chemistry and it's about communication. And now that's just going to put more on Marcus Marcus May's plate. Also, you see early on, right? You know, as the, the Jets linebacker core trying to adjust in, in real time to a guy like Christian McCaffrey that poses so many you know, problems and issues for opposing defenses. Nazardine, you know, learning how to play the position in real time, in space for the first time against a guy like Christian McCaffrey is a tall task for anybody. But, you know, C.J. Mosley just going to have to continue to do his best job as far as being able to create pre-snap awareness for whoever's next to him because you know that anybody who's next to him are young players and they may not see the formations and and be able to understand what's happening to them by standing there. They need somebody to to to, to translate. And CJ Mosley is one of the best in the business in pre-snap awareness. It was good having him back out on the field yesterday after missing all of last season, of course. Jamie and Sherwood, rookie linebacker who started yesterday, along with Blake Cashman, both suffered some injuries. They're going to miss at least a couple of weeks there. So as you said, revolving door right. on that defensive side of things, Barton. It's Look, that defense has a lot of youth in it to begin with, especially the corner position. We know that, right? Six of the seven corners on this team are first and second year players. But it does provide a valuable opportunity to gain valuable experience. You were in that role once upon a time in your career. Somebody went down, you stepped in, you never gave up the position. So opportunity presents itself. Now let's see who's going to take a hold and grasp it. Absolutely. That's why you never complain, right? You never complain because if you're busy complaining, you're not preparing. You know, when people talk about luck, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And if you're not preparing and that opportunity comes, that's the worst feeling in the world. So like next man up, right? You know, somebody's got to step up. Somebody has an opportunity to have an opportunity. And what better place to start than at home for your home opener against the New England Patriots, who's going to bring in a rookie quarterback as well. I'm tired of people talking about, oh, well, the Patriots do this to rookie quarterbacks. Well, guess what? The Patriots, for the first time in a long time, have a rookie quarterback that looked good but only put up 16 points. So this Jets defense is going to have to step up and make sure that their rookie comes out on top, not the other way around. Nope. No doubt about it. And the Patriots left some points on the field yesterday. They thought they were going in for a go-ahead score late in that game. They fumbled it and turned it over. So they were able to, unfortunately for them at least, uh, find a way to beat the Miami Dolphins. You know, they'll be reeling when they walk into MetLife Stadium coming up on Sunday. Last injury we need to talk about, Braden Mann, the punter. We saw him go down. He's down wow. four to six weeks. But my goodness, if there was an unsung hero in that game yesterday, how about Matt Amendola, the rookie kicker, who kicked and had to punt yesterday, and he averaged almost 50 yards a kick in six tries yesterday. He really did an outstanding job. I mean, when you talk about next man up, sometimes, you know, when it comes to the skill positions, you really don't say that, right? Because you talk about kickers, they're like marksmen, right? They're like archers. They're like axe throwers, right? They're like golfers, right? It's precision. And for him to step in and, you know, it's bang, bang, right? You're sitting there like, oh, crap, man's down. Oh, wow, I'm punting. And for him to just not even blink and not only just kick the ball and, and feel the ball, right? But we're talking about some great punts, flipping the field. Whenever you can flip the field, it gives your defense a chance, right? Because you play the, the, the hidden yards. And the hidden yards are a lot of times in the punt game, in the kicking game. And I thought that the Jets did a great job in winning, you know, the field position battle from that standpoint, and you got to tip your cap, cap off to the kid. Man's going to get back, but until then, next man up, we have to try and try footprints. It. Carry, carry when there's only one set of footprints in the sand, is then that's one of your teammates carried you. Let's see what the Jets can do.
And we hope to see a lot of these injured players back on the field in uniform, certainly sooner rather than later. When we return on Inside the Jets, we will be joined by first-year tight end Tyler Croft. That's next. And this is Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. It's time now for our player guest segment, which is also presented by EY, building a better working world. And we're joined now by first-year Jet tight end, just wrapped up his first game in green and white on Sunday, and that is the former Rutgers product, Tyler Croft. Tyler, it's Dan Gross and Bart Scott. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Jets. How are you? I'm doing well. appreciate you guys having me on. What did you make of your first game yesterday as a Jet? Yeah, I thought overall, I think the team competed well. Uh, I think uh, we had some guys that are going to fight to the end every time, which is uh, which is always something you can hang your hat on. Uh, I think we got to go out there and execute a little better across the board. But uh, overall, I thought it was uh, it was pretty good. Well, speaking of that execution, you guys seem to play a lot better in the second half. What adjustments did you guys make at the half, and how can you clean up the mistakes? Uh, it's really getting into film and understanding what defenses are trying to do to us. And, uh, yeah, coaches, I think, did a great job of, uh, like you said, halftime adjustments and us just really cleaning up footwork and technique. We, it, I don't think they did anything that was too out of the ordinary or too crazy to throw us off. But I just think communication across the board and uh, just executing each play in and out. Now, when you talk about communication, that offensive line didn't spend a lot of time together in the offseason or in the preseason. Fair Tucker missed a lot of time, Beckton's up and down. You know, how do you try and close the gap by trying to get some chemistry? Are you guys meeting together or, you know, how do we kind of get the communication issues that are amongst every team, especially early in the season, that you guys try and gel and have that nonverbal communication? Yeah, it's the uh, extra walkthroughs, meeting time. I know uh, we got a good veteran right side of the line, especially. I know we have some young guys on the left, but between GVR, Gov, Fan, and we were talking about Moses earlier, like we got guys that can read defenses and really be loud and echoing their calls. And uh, I know that they're going to take command of that room and really kind of put the onus on themselves. So it'll be cool seeing whether we walk through more, meet more, meet as a unit more, so we're all seeing everything the same way. But I know we got stuff in the works to kind of sort that out. Certainly no team wants to talk about moral victories. The final score is the final score. The objective is to win the game, of course, Tyler. But the fact that you guys did play so well after halftime, got yourself back into that football game, onside kick attempt there at the end to try to even get one last possession. Do you take positives from the way that game closed down, how you played in the second half? Uh, like you said, we always want to win. I mean, it's 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 not fun losing. We're here to win the football game. We're here to win each week. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm encouraged with how we came out in the second half. I don't think anyone gave up or took their foot off the gas, so to speak. Everyone was rolling, and we were fighting to the end. Like you said, it came down to an onside kick that ultimately we didn't get. But I think that if we execute better earlier in the game, we don't need to be in that situation to begin with. And you guys got a young quarterback in Zach Wilson. How do you guys get him comfortable in the pocket? And what kind of conversations are you having with him when he comes back to the huddle, kind of reinforce, you know, what you see as you try and be his eyes as well? And how do you guys establish this running game to try and put you guys in more favorable down distance? Staying, uh, staying ahead of six is huge because when we get backed up and third and long, the whole playbook's open for the defense. They can kind of call whatever they want. So I think ultimately it comes down to communication and execution, like see everyone's on the same page, seeing what they're bringing, whether they're bluffing coverages to the one side, trying to make us flip protections, just recognizing that as a veteran unit, uh, just 
trying to take as much off of Zach's plate as he can because, he, like you said, he's rookie quarterback and he loves the pressure and wants to put it on himself. But we got to do our best job trying to ease it as much as we can. Talking to Tyler Croft here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Yourself, Ryan Griffin, the tight end position collectively. You guys made a contribution to that offense yesterday, Tyler. You guys combined for six grabs. How do you think the comfort level is right now, not just for yourself, but with the fellow tight ends about how they fit into this offense moving forward? Yeah, I think there's a good comfort level. I think everyone in the room recognizes what their role is right now and how that's going to evolve and progress as the season goes. We'll see, but... Wesco does a hell of a job at playing that fullback role, and he's, he ain't scared to put his face on anybody. Um, and Griff and I, I think we do a good job playing the tight end spot. And uh, said, I'm, I'm excited to see how it evolves, and I thought we made a pretty good contribution. I think we left some stuff out there as a tight end unit and myself too. So, I don't know, it'll be exciting to see it grow. You know, as a tight end, you guys have a lot of input on a lot of different areas, whether it's special teams and, you know, offense, of course. But when you think about it early on, how was the conditioning? Because I know for me, always the first game of the season, you know, is when you're really going all out and you're trying to make sure that you can keep your breath. But it's hotness in the middle of the of the day. Carolina was hot. What was it like, and how do you feel from a conditioning standpoint? And how far do you have to go? Yeah, I thought overall, I was. I know my. I don't want to speak for the other guys, but I felt like my wind was pretty good. Um, that two minute drive at the end, I definitely was getting a little gas. But I mean, I'm. I ain't coming off the field unless I'm dying. So, <laughs> but overall, I thought it was pretty good running down on punt. They had me up on punt and kick return. Like you said, getting some special teams reps along with, I think I had about 40 plus snaps yesterday. So, on overall, I thought my win was pretty good though. Conditioning was tough yesterday, guys, being in that studio for a full real regular season game. <laughs> you didn't get any paper cuts, did you? I thought it was on IR. <laughs> have, to, have to stay hydrated for these regular season games. No doubt about that, though. Have you thought about Tyler now looking ahead here? You know, the Panthers, it was an NFC opponent. Now up next, you got the New England Patriots. It's a division rival. You got the home opener where fans have waited over a year to come on and cheer this team in person. Have you thought a little bit about what that game next Sunday is going to be like for you? Yeah, we know New England's going to come with their bag of tricks and they're going to try and give us the whole Rolodex of coverages and fronts and they're going to put a lot on Zach's plate. So I know we're going to have to be locked in. And like we talked about before, that communication's got to be on point. You know, what, what is the typical Monday like for you, right? Monday is like the beginning to your off day. It's not really an off day. But mm -hmm. how do you guys operate around the facility now? Are you guys going to get together? Uh, is it time to do the honeydew list? It's time to hang out with wifey. What's a typical Monday for Croft? Uh, typical Monday. So today I got up, uh, came in, did some treatment, got tried to get my legs back under me uh, from the game. Whatever, nicks and bruises, just trying to get some treatment on that. We had a lift with uh, Nicolini, our strength coach, which was more of like a flush and run, just, to, again, trying to get our legs and body back. And then we really deep dove into the game and what we need to execute better with communication and all those areas. And then uh, – yeah, and then get a little time with Mama, get a little time afterwards to uh, hang out and get a little TLC. How about just coming back to the area for you, Tyler? You went to Rutgers, great institution, by the way, in New Jersey, one of the best. I'm biased, of course. But what is it like kind of having like a homecoming here now back with the Jets? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I had four years in Cincinnati and then two with Buffalo. So I've always kind of been in this northeastern area. But uh, coming back to Jersey's fun, man. I love the fans and the passion they have in this area. I mean, I got a lot of it at Rutgers. It was fun playing in front of them. So it seems pretty familiar, and it's kind of a, it's a cool 
it's a cool area to be in too. I like being up here in the Northeast. Now you don't want to call weeks or any week, especially early in the season, a must win, but understand how important it is to the fan base and how important it is for you guys' confidence to see yourselves get back at 500. Like what's this week like for you? This is your first rivalry between the Jets and the Patriots, but this is a big deal to the fan base around here. How excited for you for this week and what can we expect? Yeah, I'm excited to have the home opener and everything. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun playing in front of them. And it's been a while since we had MetLife packed like this, like you said. Uh, but I don't know. I'm going to try my best because I've been in this league for a while now to just try and keep it like each week. We're going to try and handle each one the same way. Obviously, each team's going to give their own set of challenges and we'll embrace it and adapt how we have to. But uh, yeah, I just try and keep calm, keep even keel and take each week as it comes. Do you do any fantasy football type stuff? Do you have any <laughs> leagues or anything like that? I know you're a busy guy playing, but do you get involved with that aspect of football? Yeah, I have one. I have one team with uh, a couple of my high school buddies that we're still pretty good friends, and uh, we talk pretty regularly. So we got we have one league going with that. Now, is that tough too that they pick your brain about maybe if they have some guys on the Jets, maybe get some inside information? I mean, are you willing to disclose some of those trade secrets at all, or do you keep them in to keep your your own team better? Yeah, no, I, I keep that close to the chest. That's yeah, they're not getting any insider info from me. Tyler, I appreciate a couple of minutes, especially after a game day here. I'm sure you want to go enjoy your Monday day off, but we always appreciate you hopping on and continued success the rest of the season here. I think Jet fans are going to be happy to see you run out there in green and white each and every game. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so that's Jets tight end Tyler Croft. Still a lot more to do as we return on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grassa alongside Bart Scott. And Bart, you know, you look at the performance of the defense yesterday, the line, you know, going into the season, we were really excited about the depth that that unit was going to have. But they suffered some losses along the way, of course. Carl Lawson being the most notable. You know, Vinny Curry's name also was a guy that, you know, brought that veteran presence. They're not going to be part of the mix this year. But if you looked at those, how those guys played yesterday, at least in the season opener, it showed you that there's certainly some guys on that line that can get after it. John Franklin Myers had a big sack yesterday. He's a guy that's going to take his game to another level, you hope, this year. It's a lot of good pieces to work with, I think, over on that side of the ball. Absolutely, and the strength of that defense was the depth of that defensive line, especially the interior pass rush. You know, Foley Falikasi is really starting to develop as not just a run stopper, but a guy that can also convert, you know, run into a pass rush. You know, we know what Quinnen can do as he continues to try and work back from that injury. You know, Sheldon Rankins as well. You know, but, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about Franklin Myers because this is a guy that they stole two years ago from the uh, Rams and they had high hopes for him and the Rams had high hopes for him. And, you know, finally he's starting to live up to some of the promise that he's shown as a young football player in this league. And they're going to need him. They're going to need somebody to emerge. Whenever the top dog goes down, Carl Lawson was having a tremendous camp. You know, you lost him. It's unfortunate. But if it's really going to be next man up, you have to step up and seize this opportunity. And you have to have it from the front seven because you have to protect that young back end who I think did a good job outside of some communication issues, but those communication issues are going to get tested even more this week when you think about who's coming into town and what they like to try and do and what they like to try and make 
teams fight left-handed, they're going to have to communicate. But if it's so much better when you can get pressure by four and be able to play complex coverages behind. You know, so it's going to be incumbent that this team, continue, this unit continues to come together and they figure out a way to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, John Franklin Myers, maybe some fans forget, this guy is a rookie a few years ago with the Rams, had a sack of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So you know that he's been on the big stage, can get it done in big spots, and I think that the Jets are very, very excited to be able to have an ascending player like that to be part of this group here. You mentioned the interior pass rush there. Guys like Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams, Foley Fadukasi. I mean, there is some numbers to work with there for that unit and Foley gaining the respect of his teammates. He was voted one of the team captains earlier uh, for this season. And after yesterday's game, Bart, he had a chance to catch up with our team reporter, Ethan Greenberg. Now joined by Jets defensive tackle, Falaronzo Fadokasi. Foley, the difference between the first half and the second half on defense was what? Um, we just had to go in make the corrections and uh, start executing our calls. Um, you know, we got some things to fix and some things to build on. So um, coming into that second half, you know, being able to just dial in on the details is very important. You know, I just spoke to Justin Hardy, and he said that he feels like the team beat itself. Would you agree with that sentiment? Uh, I believe that we have. We did beat ourselves. And, and I think that comes down to details. So I think once we all come back in together, we watch the film, we got some things to work on. You know what I mean? We got a lot of things to build on. Those details are very important. Obviously, this is the first game after a long offseason, an exciting offseason. How do you make sure that you take this in stride and you keep getting better? You take the things that you need to work on, utilize them, and execute them. And, you know, we, everybody knows the name of the game in this league is details. You know what I'm saying? Execution is the very, the most important thing. So, and that's how we'll take that and grow from it. The offense shut out in the first half, puts up two touchdowns in the second half. What did you see from your rookie quarterback today? Um, listen, like there are some things that once again that I feel like we must grow on as a team, as a collective, offense, defense, special teams. There's some good things that we did out there, and I feel like those are the things we can build on, right? And once we all get it all together and we gel together, I have confidence in this team. We'll have a lot of success. Foley, let me wrap up with this. I'm obviously not in that team meeting room after the game. What was the mood of the team? Right now, we're not happy that we lost. No one ever is happy that we lost. You know, we got 24 hours to get over our grievances because we have another great opponent coming in. So as, as upset as we are, we better hurry up and turn around and get encouraged because New England's coming in and they're another great opponent that we have to face. Awesome. Foley, appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to Ethan and thanks to Foley. Bart, let me ask you, because they closed out talking about the New England Patriots for the home opener in week number two, and we're not minimizing anybody and taking anybody for granted. You don't do that in this league. But right. as a defensive player, can you speak for the guys on that side of the ball, and do you think that they're maybe looking forward to going up against a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, a guy who doesn't have as much experience as, let's say, some of the other QBs in this league? No, absolutely. Just like the Patriots are licking their chops, right? Saying, hey, we got a rookie quarterback coming in. We can show him some things that he's never seen before, you know, things that we haven't put on film. And we're going to make it difficult for him because we're going to play with his eyes, the rotation of the safeties, guys moving around, guys having great pre-snap disguise and not really giving the answers to the test, like a guy like Mac and Cheese and also like a guy like Zach Wilson. So it's going to be who's going to protect their rookie quarterback the best. How do you protect the rookie quarterback? By running the ball, making plays for him, and not putting him in adverse situations. It's going to be important that you flip the field if you're going to put pressure on him. You know, I was encouraged by the fact that when you think about two of the Jets' 
um, touchdown drives, there were plays in, 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 in series of 10 and 8, right, which means that they had to All work right. themselves down. There wasn't some busted coverage where they had a big play. They had to go down and they had to play the sticks. They had to stay ahead of the sticks. And you hope that they can make sure that they can sustain drives. The fact that it wasn't a lot of laundry out there is it something that they can build off of. It wasn't a lot of penalties out there. And I know on some of the sacks, you might have wanted to hold somebody a little bit or something. I mean, let's, let's keep them off our rookie quarterback. But um, all in all, I felt like they were disciplined, poised. But, you know, early in the season, everybody's trying to figure out how to handle communication issues and problems. You hope that you can handle those issues and clean those things up while you're winning. You don't want to be having to, you know, you know, figure out all these communication issues as you're losing. So this week, rather, you know, it won't be perfect again, right? But I want to see a team that's scrappy and, and finds a way to win the football game fully alluded to that, cleaning some things up. But also as a defensive player, I'm taking it upon myself to make sure that I protect, you know, this rookie quarterback, not let him have to get in a shootout, feel like he has to do more than what he needs to do. He has to press. They say, listen, it's a good thing. Some of the best throws that rookie quarterback and some of the best throws that I saw yesterday was quarterbacks making great decisions not to put their offense or put their defense in bad situations by forcing balls when the play was a dead play Throw the ball away, live to fight another down. You always can make those yardage up, but you don't want to be facing second and 20. You don't want to be facing, you know, third and 15, where defensive coordinators can lick them lick their chops and, and, and really attack your quarterback, put them in a bad spot. Remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Speaking of the Jets rookie quarterback, Bart, let's hear a little bit of Zach Wilson from after Sunday's game as he caught up with Bob Wischusen. All right, Dan, thanks very much. All right, Zach, so kind of a tale of two halves in this game today, not only for your team, but even maybe for yourself. How, how do you assess what happened in the first half? Maybe some adjustments and the improvement in the second half. Give me the kind of the wide angle lens of the way you're going to look at this game. Yeah, it's interesting. I really, I really feel like it's just execution. You know, the little details. Even the first half, I felt like we were right there. Um, you know, really close to just doing something special. And I think you know, we always got to hone in on our on our little details, take advantage of our opportunities, and um, and just execute from the beginning. What do you think you personally will build off of the most of that second half performance and kind of knocking on the door there and maybe being on the verge of pulling off that comeback? Yeah, really, it's just understanding that no matter what happens, you're always in the game and you got to be able to, you know, fight through the adversity, uh, make plays even when, you know, you, you've made a couple of mistakes in the past or, um, you know, early in the game and maybe things aren't going well, you just have to keep, you know, going to, going to the next, um, you know, moving on and just, um, you got to make plays in big time moments. How about your relationship materializing on the field with, with Corey Davis? I mean, obviously it seems like the work that you guys put in, in training camp and in the preseason, that, that that's a noticeable combination. That chemistry seems to be there. Yeah, he's a great player, you know, and he's uh, someone I definitely look for, obviously, in, in, especially in some of those crunch time moments. Um, uh, you know, we're just going to keep getting better as a team though. You know, he, he's, you know, been in the league for a while. So he obviously knows what he's doing. Um, you know, but team-wise, we just got to keep getting better. All right, Zach. Thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it. Look forward to next week. Yep. Thanks. 
I know other, I mean, Bart, look, you know, he took a beating in that game yesterday, he took a lot of hits. We know that. And obviously as a football player, your job is to play to the whistle and to play till the very end. And he just kept coming at them and he kept making the throws and he kept hanging in there. And that strength, that resiliency, that resolve, that goes a long way towards ensuring you're going to potentially have a nice long career and a successful career at that. And for a first step, I think that that was a lot to get excited for if you're a Jet fan from Zach Wilson. I mean, for me, it's, it's what he's been, you know, displaying week in and week out. And that's poise, right? Poise. You you want your young quarterback to be mature beyond his years. You want him to understand the grand scheme of the you know, in the big picture. Understand that he has to be better, that this team has to be better, and you can't get behind the sticks. In this game, you have to play it the right way, understand situational football, and it's about doing the little things. All the little things add up to the difference between losing in this league and winning in this league. The margin for error is small. You know, it's you know, it's about not beating yourself. It's about learning from your mistakes, and he's going to have to lean on some of these young veterans like Corey Davis to come through for him when he puts a ball up there. He gives you that 50-50 ball. You know, your young rookie success, you know, is probably based on if you can make a play for him and if he can develop that trust. When you talk about that trust of throwing the ball blindly up there, even when your guy's covered saying, hey, my guy's going to make a play for me or he's going to knock the ball down. He's not going to give give the opposing team an interception. And that's what you have to develop. You have to do it in a short period of time because, listen, you can't fall behind the sticks in this division, right? The Buffalo Bills lost. The Patriots lost, right? You have to make sure the Miami Dolphins won, right? So everybody's chasing the Miami Dolphins, who is a is a, is a a tremendous foe as a opponent, a, guy, a team that was 10-6. and six. I don't think we talk about them enough. And you can't take games for granted. You can't take plays for granted if you're, if you're the Jets. I want to put on the film – and I want to say this is what a Jets plays like, right? I, listen, a, you are what you put on film, and the Jets have some things to clean up because they're going to be attacked from the interior part of the line. That's a veteran group on the right side. You know, as we talk about the, from center to right guard to right tackle, I need those guys to be better. And, you know, division games are always important, of course. This is one coming up against the New England Patriots. The only division game the Jets have the first four or five weeks of the season. So certainly the urgency is even greater to go out there and make sure that you get the W there. When we come back on Inside the Jets, we'll go around the NFL and take a look at some of the week one outcomes. Dan Grasso, Bart Scott with you on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. And Jets fans, if you're coming to Sunday's home opener at MetLife Stadium, arrive early and be at the gates at least one hour prior to kickoff to avoid lines. Before you get to the stadium, be sure to download your mobile tickets to your phone via the Jets app, presented by Fubo Sportsbook. iPhone users can add their tickets to their mobile wallets. For more information, visit nyjets.com slash mobile ticketing. So one week in the books, Bart. In this 2021 season, it's here, full slate of games, a lot of surprising results. Which one caught your eye the most yesterday? I'll tell you what, it's new faces, new, well, I guess new starting quarterbacks. I can't really call this first guy a new quarterback in a new place because he was there last year, but he took a gap year. I think the biggest surprise was the fact that Jameis Winston outshined A.A. Ron a.k.a. the baddest man on the planet. I mean, mean, you talk about five touchdown passes and I don't know man 
Mike Pett not being there on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Jer- Joe Barry over there, that Green Bay defense looked lost. We know that they have a lot of talent over there, but I don't believe that they're, you know, that you think about the Saints as 35 points better than the Green Bay Packers. Maybe some of these distractions in the offseason, A-Ron wanting to host Jeopardy, you know, coming around with the Stevens to go ponytail. I don't know what's been going on, man, but that was a horrible performance. And it sounded like A-Ron was throwing, you know, LaFleur underneath the bus when he talks about not running the football throwing into cover two, the anticipated blitz, and, 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 and the Saints did a great job coming out with a different game plan. I wasn't used to seeing Aaron Rodgers make those type of mistakes. You talk about two interceptions, you know, throwing the ball without his feet on the ground, jumping up in the air, throwing errant passes. Maybe, maybe, you know, this is the year where the, the Green Bay Packers, you know, really have to fight for this division because that was not a good performance on week one. But great job by Jameis Winston. Horrible job by the Green Bay Packers, but you know they'll bounce back. But guess what? It's homecoming for them this week. They got the Lions. That, that exactly. You know that 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 that'll push aside any bad performance you have when you see that team on your schedule potentially. But you know, just one thing on the Saints again. You think about adversity. Remember where that game was played yesterday? <laughs> Jacksonville. It was, in it was in Jacksonville, and there was just as many Packer fans, if not yeah. more, than there were Saints fans. So. Give New Orleans a heck of a lot of credit for winning that game, much less in lopsided fashion, which they ended up doing there. One other team in the AFC East that we didn't really talk about yet tonight, and that's the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that a lot of people are picking to even go to a Super Bowl. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who so many wanted to write off that Ben is done, too many different faces on the offensive line. You know what? They went up to Buffalo yesterday, and they punched that Bills team in the mouth. Tell you what, man, listen, I never doubt the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a brand name, much like General Mills, much like Quaker. This is a team that, listen, you can always count on consistent effort and no excuses. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. They were in a barn burner, a physical game last year. People want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and the offense really faltering when they were 11-0 and they only won one more game You know, to, to end close out the season. But I would argue to say maybe the loss of Bush, maybe the loss of T.J. Watt was the bigger reason why they couldn't dominate on defense because Ben Roethlisberger got a couple of, you know, data boys and some help from his defense and his special teams. When you talk about what was the turning point in that game, is J.J. is T.J. Watt getting get yeah, block punting T.J. Watt getting to Josh Allen, getting the ball out two sacks without even playing in the preseason. Man, pay that dude again. Absolutely. And the Steelers, like I agree with you 100%. Don't sleep on that team at all. They were 13-0 and to start the season last year. They must have been doing something right. Plus, you throw in Najee Harris, that's going to add a boost to that running game as we move forward through the season here. Another good one in the AFC yesterday. How about Kansas City and Cleveland, where the Browns, <laughs> that was a playoff rematch from last year. Both these teams yes. have high hopes. Browns thought that they were in position yesterday. They took a pretty significant lead at Arrowhead, but that other team had number 15. And when you have yes. number 15 on your team, the game is never over, and just an amazing performance he had down the stretch pulling out that victory. And attention to details, right? Because you look at what happens, right? It's the little things. You know, you have a muff punt, right? And you have a blown coverage. Tyreek Hill, you know, 75-yard bomb. You know, Mahomes putting it up where only his guy can get it. And that's the difference, right? You know, we talk about what the difference is 
from going from good to great, right? We know that Cleveland is good, but I think that this Mahomes has proved that him and his team are great. 11-0 and 0 in the month of September. He's never lost a game in the month of September. Incredible. He hasn't lost many games, but definitely in September, you can usually kind of write up that win in the in the, in the win column. You know, this week, second week, they're going to have a tough test. It seems like they're just going to get all their AFC um, um, North opponents out the way because they got the Baltimore Ravens coming in, you know, coming off a short week. Week. That ought to be interesting. But the, this is going to be the difference because when you think about that division, the AFC North, you know, the Steelers are going to be tough. The Ravens are going to be tough. The Cleveland Browns are going to be tough. And Cincinnati showed that they're not any pushovers by beating Minnesota with a young, talented Joe Burrow with a great receiving core. So when you talk about you got opportunities to win games if you're the Cleveland Browns, then you have to win those type of games. The recipe for success is always to win all your home games and split with the good teams. They're below 500 and beating one of the good teams, they're going to have to try and get that one back by winning a game that they're not supposed to win if they have any hopes in going and representing AFC in the Super Bowl, but absolutely try and win the division. No doubt about it. That was a tough one yesterday. We got about a minute or so left. Let's real quick Zero in on that game in Foxborough yesterday because it'll be the Jets' next opponent, the Patriots. They drop a one-point decision to the Dolphins. Give Miami a lot of credit. Yeah. You know, Tua wasn't out of this world, but all three phases came together. They got that big turnover at the end to preserve the lead. Dolphins aren't going to be any pushovers again this year under Brian Flores. Definitely not. No, absolutely. This is a very well-coached team. They've been building and getting talent on this team. Two of the top, you know, outside cornerbacks when you think about um, you think about Jones, you think about Xavier Howard, but I thought the rookie Mac and Cheese did a good job in recognizing coverages, moving the ball, moving the defense. Listen, he may be a rookie, but he plays well within the system. The Jets are going to have their hands full. They have to make him look like the inexperienced player, not vice versa. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, you know, we might as well just mention one of the rookie quarterback yesterday, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, all the hype. Uh, <laughs> not exactly the introduction to the NFL that Urban Meyer oh, welcome to the NFL. wanted. My goodness. You know, that was a tough afternoon for them in Houston against the Texans team, which everybody just ruled out completely this year. Absolutely. It's a lot of guys on that team that has a lot of pride that have been successful in this league. You think about Mark Ingram that was with the Ravens, Tyrod Taylor. You think about Brandon Cooks, who was probably, if you had him on your fantasy team, you love him today, right? This is a team that's not going to lay down. And Trevor Lawrence really didn't see the field very well. The old Tampa, too. Everybody knows about Lovey, knows that cornerback sinks off if he has something in the flat. He plays high to low. You know, this is something that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to remember. And listen, first time he's ever lost a regular season game in his life. I mean, um, you went to Jacksonville. Get used to it. Bart, that's all the time we have for this week. This was a good first show in the books, and we'll do it again next week to recap the Jet Home opener against the New England Patriots. Good job, my friend. Oh, man, it's going to be exciting. You know, I can't wait to see you next week, man. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.